up, everybody. You're now at your favorite stop for all things sports, politics, and culture. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey, a production of ThatCast Network. Hey, now, say now, you're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I'm your host, Devon Pouncey. We are here in the beautiful city of Portland, Oregon, in the Pearl District, at the Living the Dream Studios once again. Hope everybody's doing good out there. And alongside me today, I'm not going to give him the same introduction. We're just going to get straight to it. What's going on here, Mr. Rip City? <laughs> oh, man, that was a new one. I wasn't expecting that one, but you know me. I'm always happy to be here, Pete. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just keep going. <laughs> keep going. I'm always happy to be here, Pete. I think we're going to get into it. You want me to do something I ain't doing. No, I just want you to talk about the Blazers. You're Mr. Rip City, so we're here. The series has begun. Mm. Warriors up 1-0. They played last Ooh, night. Oh, the game. It's no time to waste. You're Mr. Rip City. You got to just right, get straight I, to it. I'll dive in. I'll dive in. I did a post yesterday morning before the game. Thanking, obviously, the whole Trailblazer organization, the Trailblazer DJ, um, DJ OG1, and just everybody who kind of embraced me for having the official song for the Portland Trailblazers. I grew up a Kobe Bryant fan. I grew up a Laker fan, as most of our, you know, uh, obvious listeners already know. But after moving here to Portland and being embraced by the city, having the song, performing after all the home game wins... I can't help but to let it be known. In this series, I'm going for the Blazers. So, with that being said, oh, it was an ugly first game, in my opinion. Um, I will go ahead and say that going into the fourth quarter, being down by seven to the Golden State Warriors, uh, you're still in the game. Down seven, you're still in the game. And with how bad, particularly CJ and uh, Damian Lillard shot the ball, I thought that that was, I guess, the positive or the optimism uh that I could see within the game but I mean being a realist and knowing the game of basketball I came into the series knowing that the the Warriors have a lot of weapons they're very hard to beat uh and it's going to be a very challenging series so that's my obvious piece on it and I'll let you you know dive into it some more and I can elaborate on that I mean yeah you know I'm happy to be a part of the culture like I said I'm a music artist I got the song for the Trailblazers so just for me personally, it's just a blessing to see how far they've gone um, in the series. I mean, in the playoffs, because it's only opened up more opportunities for myself as far as performance opportunities. Like I said, streams going up crazy, followers going up, fan base going up, because I'm tapped into that market. So I'm not mad at all. You gonna give yourself some credit for kind of you know the culture, how it's progressing, how it's going forward. Kind of like remember when I was commentating at Portland State and we followed it um, as the podcast was was going on and they was winning as I was there. Obviously, you know, the humble me gave a lot of credit first and foremost to the folks that deserve it, the players on the team, the coaching staff, et cetera, et cetera. But I also patted myself on the back a little bit for changing some culture. Maybe it's luck. It doesn't mean that you're just working extra hard or your song is the greatest. Not saying it isn't. Right. I know what you're saying. Since you've arrived and since this song has kind of arrived, they're doing pretty good. Yeah. I look at it as a situation where I won't necessarily tell I'll take any credit for them winning, but I do say that it's an atmosphere. It's an environment. And the fact of me having a song and 
performing it and being at these games and interacting with these numerous people that I've been meeting, I think it's all a part of the grand scheme of things. Right. Portland as a city in general, growing, getting more recognition, getting mentioned in songs by big artists such as Drake and Travis Scott and these other people. So, uh, Tyga. Uh, so, I think just that whole big picture is a blessing to be a part of and I'm I'm glad that I did have that idea and was able to execute it. So I'll pat myself on the back for that. Yeah. Having a plan, you seeing it kind of come from scratch and just being an idea to full-fledged boots on the ground, we running with it. So, right. yeah, for sure I'm yeah. giving myself some Yeah, that's, that's all I'm saying. Like mm -hmm. I said, I and mine's wasn't playing like yours was. Right. Obviously, I do commentate, but mine's was more so, yeah. you know, Situation I, working arrives. hard and opportunities yep. came about, and yep. so I was able to take it on, and then once I took it on, I did think that, it added some significance to the broadcast. Right. And I, I, you know, I received some credit for that being the case. So, yeah, I just yeah, decided like you to say, just even give head coach noticed when you was, yeah, Head coach so. noticed it. The athletic director noticed it. Mm -hmm. um, my partner, who I worked alongside, Matt Rickard, um, he was very happy because he was doing the basketball games by himself, and that's pretty hard to do, especially because those games are broadcasting on TV. So right. um, me coming along, and granted, I had already worked with him before, but me coming along, he was very just, he was joyous about it. Mm -hmm. um, he was mm -hmm. just really happy that he had a partner to bounce off of and that we were able to get a lot more creative with it being two of us on the broadcast and kind of getting our bag a bit more and right I mean, and based on conversations we've had since then, he's advocating right. for me for next season as well. So that part of it is pretty dope in a sense, too. So, yeah, I think I was an added element to that culture. It was their first year uh, playing in their new arena, which is absolutely phenomenal. So all of that, I think, adds to the atmosphere. Um, I even talked about it before when Nike, uh, they do sneaker ball or whatever that Nike does, came here. Um, I, I commentated the game Thursday, sneaker ball was in the gym on Friday while they came and performed and then I commentated the game again Saturday and on the Saturday game I mentioned how they were coming off of the win and how the night before in the arena um, they had sneaker ball and how it was a success and how just kind of that atmosphere really can affect the basketball game and they won that Saturday night right and even like the breath of fresh air and the joy that I get like for example today probably an hour ago right before we did this podcast I'm just scrolling online and I see that the homie Nate Jackson, which is OG One Son, I wasn't even tagged in it. I'm just looking at his story and it's actually a fan fest going on right now at the Moda Center for ticket holders and the youth. And they playing the uh, Blazer song that I did left and right, even right now. So, like I said, just that added element of the culture, the whole city and fan base, you know, embracing it that. It's just one, you know, small piece of the puzzle, but Every piece matters to create that whole full big picture. I agree 100%. We, and we've talked about it here. We've talked about great sports cities. We talked about Portland being an underrated sports city. Like, all of that definitely does matter. But as far as what's happening right now today with the Warriors being up 1-0, to um, two things. One, I think the Blazers were tired. And two, I just don't think, don't think that they're physical enough to – stop this warrior team from being able to do what it wants. Would you say that this is a scapegoat or an easy way out, or you think this is just stating the obvious um, with the perception? Would you agree that the Trailblazers have already overachieved for this season? I, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, they have. Okay. Yeah, I said have. that earlier today to somebody, yeah, and then 
I didn't want that to be used as like an excuse. Is like, you know, I mean, but you like they still go out and compete you just think at a about high it level. Coming but. into the season, obviously coming off a year where they got swept, mm-hmm. um, you got the Houston Rockets in the West. I think before, obviously, they met in the playoffs. People put OKC ahead of the Blazers as a Western Conference team. Some folks would have even said LeBron and the Lakers could have been better because it was, I was LeBron. One um, I put yeah, you on had the San Antonio Spurs. Like the West is tough to wear. Just about anybody outside of maybe the Warriors or the Rockets mm-hmm. making it to the conference finals would be considered an overachievement. I don't even think it's just the Blazers in that alone. I think Denver overachieved this entire season because mm-hmm. um, it's the Western Conference. It's a gauntlet over there, and then you add LeBron to that puzzle. It's like it's it's, yeah. it's super it's intense. A toss up. I think I was ranking with you not too long ago to top 10 players that I thought were in the league today, I think seven of those 10 were out of the Western Conference, essentially. So, yeah, I think anybody doing it, I don't think it's Blazers-specific, but yes, I think outside of the Warriors and the Rockets, anybody making it to the Western Conference Finals, especially after how last year went when folks thought the Rockets had a chance at beating the Warriors going up 3-2 and then Chris Paul gets hurt, gets hurt I think is an overachievement. Right, and that's kind of what... I agree with you that they overachieved for sure, but I, although I hate to see anybody ever get injured, I do like, I don't even like to use the word like or appreciate, but I think it helps this series or made it a little bit more of a story that Kevin Durant did get hurt. And the reason I say that is because the Rockets and... Um, I don't the, agree with you. I got the, the same the, injury the, as Kevin Durant right now. And it's hurt. Yeah, no, no. And <laughs> but, like I said, I, I don't ever want to see anybody get hurt. It's not hurt, about the injury. It's I, about being the Being in this line. city, yeah, being in this city, I know that I've heard many a times people say, oh, we got a chance without KD. Hopefully we could... T-. I think that... Psych. Yeah, and I knew that personally. Like, as obviously I'm going for them because I have a lot more to gain from the Blazers winning than the Warriors winning. Right. But I... I just I think that it helped make people feel like it was gonna be a a more close matchup than it really appears to be and is so far. And like you said, you knew that, and That's I hype I did too. But you know, just the story and everything around it, I think that is good for the game. And I think if KD didn't get injured we would all pretty much expect a guaranteed sweep or maybe a gentleman sweep. Yeah, well, let's be honest. We live in the state of Oregon. You got Nike here. You got Adidas here. You got Under Armour here. You got all of this new stuff coming and growing here and mm-hmm. happening right now Intel. in the moment. Intel. It's a bunch of hype beasts out here. Anybody mm-hmm. that would have expected the Blazers, even without KD, to be able to compete with this team, I think is absolutely crazy. <laughs> I think it's insane. I mean, I picked I the Warriors. It. I picked the Warriors in five just because the Blazers do have the ability to be able to erupt. And I think they've been. I think a lot of this season has been destiny based. Like uh, the way things have unraveled like for Roddy the Blazers Hood this year. For Twenty-five twice yeah, last, uh, like last winning series. the four overtime game. Yeah. Obviously, Dame's game-winning shot, McCullum winning that series stepping up last seven games. It's all yeah. destiny. I yeah. think it's destiny for them to be here. And because of that, I'll give them a game. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And that's without KD, you And that's without KD. Well, because for one, I already was aware that the Warriors have a far better record when Steph is playing without KD rather than vice versa where KD is playing without Steph. In the last 29 games, they're 28-1 and with Steph being there and KD not being there. Um, Obviously, we know about the experience. I still think they got – 
Really good depth over there. Um, I never thought that there was nobody even close to Steph Curry in this league at his particular position. And that's no knock to Dame even, who I think is great. But I was never... I never thought that any other point guard could come take over Steph Curry's throne in that aspect. So far, really early in the series, but in game one, he showed why my thought has been that. Um, but yeah, I just don't think this team is really physical enough, man. And that's going to give them a hard time playing against this Warriors basketball team. Well, I agree with that, but um, I thought they would go six games. And the reason I thought they would go six games is simply because for some for some reason, my heart of hearts is telling me that the Blazers are going to take one game at home on Saturday. And I don't know why, but I've been feeling what like... A, what other game are they going to take, though? Well, I was expecting that they would split oh, on no. this one. Yeah, oh, no. I was expecting that oh, they no. would split on this first home uh, home tear, and then I thought that... I mean, away tear for them. Why? And then... <laughs> like, why? Why did That's I think what that? I, yeah, I mean, and a lot of people do think that, but I'm just trying to figure out... Why does anybody think the to be Warriors? Honest, I mean, the Blazers be honest, will beat the Warriors at to be Oracle honest, Arena. Bro, I really think it, it go back to that destiny word that you used earlier. I don't think so on paper, just looking at the Warriors versus the Blazers. But as you said, you got the best backcourt versus the second best backcourt, arguably in the NBA. And as you said. The the, best, the the two best shooting backcourts, back maybe. Right. And but so, I still think the Blazers are probably the third best backcourt. Yeah, and I could live with that. But like you said earlier, I think that C.J. McCollum and or Damian Lillard um, can, can erupt. And I think that sometimes the Warriors get caught playing down to their uh, their opponent. And I guess didn't they go six games with the Clippers? Yeah. And I know that the Blazers is a better team than the Clippers. So, with all of that said, I think sometimes they play down to their competition. And but I think here's my problem with that. Mm -hmm. My problem is that is, did you not watch when KD went down what the Warriors were able to do in oh, the fourth I seen quarter that. Yeah, of they, game they, five? They didn't skip a beat. And then let's move right along mm -hmm. to what they were able to do on the road in game six. And once again, I'm not that's understanding why I said, why that's anybody, why I said on destiny and just and the I'm way talking, that. And, that was, and that happened before the Blazers were even done playing against the Denver Nuggets. That's why I'm confused with that because you said it. I've heard other people say it. You know, I I think I might have even heard Gonzano say it. I was listening mm -hmm. to him, and he kind of talked. He picked the Blazers in six, which I think was absolutely crazy. Did he really? But, yeah. That's surprising. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but part of the reason being, I think, was because he felt that they could split in Golden State and that the Warriors were going to take the, the Blazers lightly, in a sense, after what he saw happen in the Clippers. Series. They do play but down I to felt like the war, But I felt like the proof already had been shown before the Nuggets beat, I mean, before the Blazers beat the Nuggets in Game 7 in the fourth quarter of that Game 5 when Kevin Durant got hurt and then what they were able to do in Game 6. So I'm really confused as to why people didn't think with KD gone, that didn't add a chip to Steph's shoulder. That didn't add a clip to Clay's shoulder, Draymond's shoulder. Guys who had done this before KD had been gone. And then when KD went out with the injury, they showed you in that fourth quarter of game five and then in that entire game six. And then they just showed us again in game one. I just don't see so what I'm saying why is people once again, feel that way. Once again, I also think that Curry and Clay both erupted from behind the arc yesterday. Curry had nine of them things. So 
I think that it's I've seen Steph Curry have bad shooting nights, period. And I just assume But you that. didn't see what he did in the second half of game six. That's what I'm saying. No, I, I just did. Felt- I, I don't have nothing to do with saying that he doesn't he will never have a bad shooting night. But I'm saying I'm, I've seen him have bad shooting nights and I thought one of these first two games he potentially could. And we haven't seen the second game of the series yet. I it get still it. could happen. I get it's it, unlikely, but, but once again, based on it's man. nothing to be confused I mean, about. I, get I just what said you're based saying, on destiny, how the season has been way. going <laughs> and how the ball has been rolling for the Blazers positively, even though you have this elite team in the Warriors that we know. We know it's the Warriors are a better team than the Blazers. That's just flat out obvious. Like I said, with the way the season is going and things are going in the favor of the Blazers. I just assume that by destiny, by fate, by hiccup, by anything, anything, (laughs) I thought that they can split a game in, you know, at the Oracle. And so, uh, like I said, I, I get it. It doesn't, it doesn't look good going, two. you know, as a first. But I also don't yeah. think Damian Lillard is gonna go three for something but I, in the next game. He, but he, even shot, in he that, did, he did bad in Game Seven, and he did bad in Game One of this series. But, That's like saying, you see what he did the last two games? He's gonna stink it up again. I still think Damian Lillard is gonna erupt. I think he's due for one, and he's gonna erupt. And I still think it's nearly impossible for the Blazers to beat the Warriors, even if he does that. That's what like I'm I saying. Said, he, he would have to erupt. Bad. And one of the clay, one of the splash by twenty. One of the splash brothers would have to do. One of the splash brothers would have to have a quiet game in addition to, like and I said, probably I'm, both CJ and Dame going and off. And that's so, where I'm confused. What, what is because they about both that? in Game Five in the fourth quarter of Game. First off, they've already proven it. What I'm saying as, is they're not going to click every single n- game. No, but what they're going to have is, a bad game. But what I'm saying is they've already proven it. In the years past, obviously, when they won the championship the first time around, they go 73-9, and and then they lose in a game seven to LeBron and the Cavaliers, but they, they won 73 games that year. And it's not like they, they necessarily dropped off. They're still champions with Kevin Durant being there. But what I'm saying is they showed you in a game five fourth quarter and in a game six that we have gone absolutely nowhere. They have the rings to prove it. They have the, the record to prove it. They they proved it on the floor. So coming into this series, I just don't see why people expect that And don't get me wrong. I said I think they were losing six. I didn't say I think they would uh, win in game. You know, I think that the Blazers could take two games and they can go – and lose the series in six games. It's not really far off from you saying that they no, can I'm not saying go it's five games. You know, I'm so not saying that, I don't far, think it's, it's too even, outlandish but what that's, I'm saying. But that's my thing. My my thing is I don't think that you saying that is far off. Well, you I think it's the confusing. reason. No, I think the reason that you're saying it to me is far off. And I think that's that goes for many people. No, because After if I say they're because saw, they're a better team, that's no, far off. It's because is, the way the ball you, been rolling for them. But when you incorporated that Steph Curry and Clay Thompson were probably going to have a bad game. No, I said that threw me no, for I a didn't loop. say one that. One of them are going to even that one, one of them. them. But that's what so threw me for they a loop. Perfect, they won't have no, a bad game. No, I'm saying what I'm saying is, did you not see what they did when KD left? And and I'm also talking about that motivation tactic and them playing down to their competition. When Kevin Durant left, did you not see what we they seen did? We see what Clay said. We seen he said I'm and, back and, and all of that. And that's what I'm and, he, and they're but showing once it. Again, we know that, but that doesn't mean that you can't have a bad game. And no, that's but, all I'm saying but, is that the, for the Blazers to have any chance of splitting, that's what I think. great, they, though. That's Along what I said. with the they, Warriors playing bad. That's what I just said. But I think that's a reach is what I'm saying. I, I think it's a reach. I didn't after say it's not a reach. Us. I said that if that was the reason for me thinking that they could take one on the road, 
that would be what had yeah, to happen. I think that's a reach, which is why I'm confused. It's, it's a reach people... because there. We I, know that it's a, part of it is the but reach. But that's to me. not the what the argument was. We know it's a reach because the Warriors are so much better than the Blazers. I'm saying that I think that it could have been possible, and it still is possible for them to go win one at the Oracle, and that's what would have to happen. CJ and both Dame would have to go off, which Dame we know is due for one, and one of the two Splash Brothers would have to be broke. I'm talking one for eight, one for nine, two for ten type of broke. And I've seen Curry do that before. And a Draymond Green. Yeah, but they're not, they're not going to go put but up 25 and 30. I, I think if you like shut down one of these elite scorers, yeah, Draymond and Iggy presence on D is going to be big. But I've also seen Iggy be broke from behind the arc. I've also seen Draymond be broke from behind the arc. So that's, that's what I'm trying to say. More if you, all of them playing bad? I didn't say all of them playing bad. I didn't say all of them playing like, bad. Damn. That's not what I said. That, that's crazy that you trying to downplay this. That's not what I said at all. I didn't say all of them have to you play bad. One of them got one. No, of the I said we know Draymond is going to be great Draymond on, on got defense. A I didn't Iggy say that. Got a crack. That's not what I said. I mean, it, it might what, as well be. No, it's not. Might as well what I said. I said I think Draymond shoots bad more than he shoots good. So that's not a reach. He's still effective in the game with his hustle, with his defensive presence, and he's going to do that. But he shoots bad more than he shoots good. Iggy is hot or cold. So it's all about shooting there. I I think it's like, yeah, you have to get them to score less points, period. Giving up nine three-pointers to one person is way too much, and I think you can minimize that and give yourself a chance. You did it and still went into the fourth quarter down by seven, which your two best players combined it for about seven made field goals. by 20. (laughs) I said going into the fourth quarter. And even when they went into the fourth quarter, that's what the thing for me is that even when they went into the fourth quarter down seven, it never felt like like the, the score didn't reflect how the game was going. And that's the part that kind of discourages me on behalf of the Blazers. You shouldn't be discouraged, though. Down, you knew that. You knew yeah, that. that you didn't still, expect them to be in the game very much. But it discourages me. Yeah, and they weren't. <laughs> I mean, the scoreboard might have said so, but it never felt that way. If it would have felt that way a lot because of all of the destiny and what the Blazers have been able to do and this, that, and the third, it's like, yeah, okay, it's a seven-point game. But coming off the emotional game seven, flying straight from Denver to what I didn't expect them to win game one. I honestly thought they could win game two, potentially, which we haven't seen yet. We will see it tomorrow, and we'll be talking about this again. I think after we see game two, if they do split 1-1 and you got that hopeful Blazer crowd that I know of, it's anybody's ball game, game three. You go down 0-2 in Oakland. You could forget about it. Yeah, maybe. I also went a couple years back when the Blazers played against the Warriors. Um, I saw them play in a couple games in that series when they got swept by the Warriors. So maybe I'm still living off of that too. But that goes into the proof that I was talking about as far as Steph Curry is concerned, Klay Thompson is concerned, them already having won a championship without Kevin Durant, them already having a 73-win season, what they did in the fourth quarter at Game 5, what they were able to do in Game 6, and yes, me going to see them a couple years ago against the Blazers where they swept them. I just don't see it going beyond five games, and that's why that was a prediction I made. But next up, what are we talking about next up? <laughs> next up, we are talking about the game. Los Angeles Confidential right. and his Nipsey Hustle daily post that he says he's going to do until he is no longer here. I'm with that. You're the hip-hop guy. Let's do it. All Keep right. it locked. This is the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey. 
Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit ThatCast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network. I'm handing it off to you, D-Boy. Talk about it. I want to hear about it. Yeah, yeah, I want to hear about it. All right, so I'm going to give you all just a little bit of backstory on what's going on and what we're talking about, what we're covering on this segment. Um, I would say I'm a fan of the rapper, the game. Um, He has some hits dated back to when I was real young. This is how we do with 50 Cent. Um... All the way up to some of his newer stuff. I did it, love it, the underdog. No, no, yeah, hey, I mean, he just that been here. Record. Yeah, the game, the game came out. <laughs> you feel me? And, and uh, <laughs> although, you know, he hasn't been like super dominant on the radio airwaves and things like that. I mean, he's been pretty consistent oh, since. He's, I, a, you he's know, a legend. Yeah, he, in he's, my opinion. Yeah, he, he's, he's a, a very good artist, in my opinion. Uh, some people don't agree with a lot of his personal decisions and. Things that he's done and kind of how outlandish he is, particularly on social media at times. But I follow him and lately uh, I can't help but to notice something that he's kind of, you know, start started to do since Nipsey Hussle has passed. And I have a personal opinion on it and it might be for different reasons than what one might expect. Because for one, I'm not here to ever... I don't know him personally to try to decipher how close his relationship was with Nipsey while Nipsey was here on this earth or any of that. But back to the backstory of what is going on. Um, Since Nipsey Hussle's death, I don't think the game has skipped one day where he hasn't posted Nipsey Hussle or something about Nipsey Hussle. Um, 95% of the posts are actual, you know, physical pictures of Nipsey Hussle, oftentimes not with the game, just, you know, singular pictures of the late, great Nipsey Hussle. And uh, he got his car, one of his cars painted, a Lamborghini. He got it painted Nipsey Blue with um, Nipsey Hussle's kind of a painting of Nipsey Hussle on the hood. That was one of the few posts that I seen that wasn't an actual physical picture of Nipsey Hussle. But what the game is doing is he's posting daily of Nipsey Hussle and and he's hashtagging it saying one nip post a day till I fade away. So I'm under the impression that he plans to post Nipsey Hussle at least once a day until he passes. I mean, I that's what I would assume till I fade away means. And my only, and I literally mean my only problem with it, and I don't even think people might not even think this way, but I think it, Without being purposefully done or purposely done, I think it is kind of insensitive to the family, to other close people that, um, you know, are affected by, you know, Nipsey Hussle. And although his legacy will forever continue, the marathon will forever continue, I think every single day is, is a bit much. Um, everybody grieves differently, so I could be completely wrong. You guys, you know, may or may not agree with what uh, I'm saying, but I mean, I know YG and Nipsey Hussle were super close. I know they had multiple hits dating back also to when they first came in the game, all the way up to some of their most recent, you know, biggest hits. And so, I, I've noticed YG. I follow him as well, and I've noticed he posts a lot about Nipsey Hussle. Not every day, but 
close to it. I see it on his story. I see it, you know, on his page and things like that. But I don't know, for some reason with, I guess, me not knowing that the game and Nipsey Hussle were as close as they are. And like I said, that's not for me to decipher or know or to really hate on how somebody grieves. But I think to physically post this man every single day is, you know, I, what if Lauren London is following and scroll? Like, I just think it's kind of insensitive to you know, other people who are mourning uh, Nipsey as well. And I don't think it's purposeful and I don't think it's, you know, I don't think he's trying to be negative in any light, but I, even if you don't agree, I would want to know. Attention. Or it, And I don't want to say that either because I yeah, definitely I just, don't, yeah, which is real, you know, up. which yeah, is, yeah, yeah. which is a real thing. I wasn't going to say that because it's too, I, I'm not saying it's playing with death, but I don't ever want to even try to make that analysis that somebody right. is using another person's death to, gain attention but that is a real thing but you too. want to clear that, that up too, too I, I was doing that so you could because some people i think may perceive it as you may possibly hinting at that because right. you just never mentioned it but yeah i just want to clear and, that and up like i said i have yeah. seen it in in you know i read some of the comments just because i formed an opinion on it i want to know what other people are thinking too and i've seen you know from we look forward to these posts every day because they are oftentimes um, a company with a good long paragraph that has some kind of good insight or positive message to it. So I'm not knocking that at all, but people do say, okay, game, this is getting kind of repetitive or this is attention seeking or it's insensitive to his family, such as what I said. So although you may or may not disagree, first, I want to hear your take on that. And then if you do disagree, I want to know if you still kind of understand why I might feel how I feel about it. Well, here's my thing. I, I do disagree. I don't really have a problem with the game doing it. Um, I think we live in a society where, yes, sometimes things may move a little bit too quickly. So for the people that feel like it's getting repetitive or it's getting old or it's getting this or it's getting that, I won't sit here and necessarily – I'm not saying that – folks are a victim of kind of this on-demand culture and this kind of fast-paced culture that we exist in today. But I do think that there are moments where we don't realize that that exists. So I don't really mind him having a one post I don't today. understand what you just said, for real. Yeah, basically what I'm saying is, is we live in an on-demand culture. So I do believe that some folks are getting tired of the post and it may not be for grieving purposes. I think some folks folks may be getting tired of the post because social media has gotten to a point, media as a whole, we're an on-demand society now where we're always refreshing to see something new, whether it be on the Twitter feed, whether it be on the Instagram feed, whether it be on the Facebook feed. And I do think that there are a lot of people out there that fall victim to that, that don't necessarily realize that. So I don't think that the game doing this is necessarily excessive at this point. But I'm not saying like point. move along and forget about the fact that such a prolific person just passed away or anything. Like I said, YG does it not as much, it seems like, as the game. Even Snoop Dogg today, which is another rapper I follow, he woke up this morning and just said, like, woke up with you on my mind, Loke, and posted. I have no problem with that, you know, but just the every single day uh, of it, I, 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 like I said, I don't think we should move on from it and just forget that Nipsey Hussle existed here on earth and blah, blah, blah. I don't. I'm not saying that by any means, but I'm saying 
every single day. But like, my thing with the game is, is and he is an attention seeker in the past, so it's hard I, to I, I, that you I know, will give you that line. I will, that I will give you. But my thing also with the game is, is because of partially that, and because he does receive new attention, I believe every day, especially on social media, whether he's on the explore page, because he has a big enough profile and a big enough page where ten point one million get followers, en- exactly, and he can zero. get enough likes and reactions to where there are going to be a plethora of new people that see this post. And they may not even be following the game because social media works in that way. Algorithms. And algorithms, exactly. And I prefer those people to see and know about Nipsey Hussle as well. So maybe you hit the unfollow button. I think you no, have the power that, to do no, that too. No, no what I'm saying no, is if it becomes no. no, if it becomes too much for you, it's just like and, and, and I hate using these comparisons, but for me. Everybody, I think, was anticipating when Nipsey Hussle first passed away for Lauren London to, like, post something. And it took her a little while to post something. YG was another one who's now posting a lot about Nipsey Hussle. When he first passed away, it it, it was tough for YG to be able to post something. It's tough for them right. to the be on social of media. Right, the reality posting and R.I.P. Exactly. with that name next to so, it. So what I'm, what I'm saying is I think that... That's a moment when you pull away from something on social media. I don't think I think people have too much of a negative connotation when you unfollow somebody on social media. I don't think because the game is posting that that if you unfollow him because it's becoming too much for you and your own good and your own well-being, that that's necessarily a problem. I think that society has just labeled it that way. Oh, you unfollowed me. We got apps that show who unfollowed who. But and so again, what I'm saying is I think this problem is beyond the game and Nipsey Hustle. I think that there comes a time where I've had to unfollow certain people just and it certain didn't feed things your brain because right it way. didn't feed my brain the right but way. But what I'm saying and is... And I think we should put more of a positive stigma around that. Right, but what I'm saying is not for the average fan of the game. I'm talking about it was more insensitive to people like celebrities, people that were really close to uh, Nipsey Hussle. They can unfollow him too. You know, I get that. They have the same option as we do. But what I'm saying is why put somebody in that position? Somebody like a Lauren London, his girlfriend, you know. But like, what are you not? I mean, I mean, especially like, when you excessive. have that big it's, of a platform. It's, it's excessive when I'm talking about every, you're saying you're going to do this every day till you pass away? But if you're telling me that his posts are positive and the problem is solely that he's posting him every day, I, I, I'm okay. I will rest with as much bad as we get day in and day out. The media, social media, we thrive on so much bad and we thrive on so much negativity, a lot more than positivity. So even if it is excessive, is he, if he's excessively being positive, I'm okay with that in a day and age where I think we see excessive negativity. Like Part I said, of the it's, reason it's about it's the positive, other podcast it's that positive verbiage that's accompanying these posts but but i think the Nipsey post was a may not perceive purpose, a but person the, right but the post may not be perceived as positive or string on positive emotions because of the visual and where it takes you that's where you got to learn to pull yourself away from that and that's why but I'm like i said you can't say that about somebody that. like black sam or like lauren london you can't say pull yourself away from that i'm I, saying for 100%. me consumer i could put i don't care enough for me to unfollow him or to be in my feelings but 
you got to realize that out of these 10 million followers that you do have, some are extremely, extremely close to Nipsey, closer than the game was, I would assume. I would assume. But and for you then, to do this every single day, I think it's just... I think it's excessive. I think that you can get the same point across through a song, through I, multiple yeah, songs, even through maybe three times a week, but every single day. And I want to be clear. I'm not saying that it isn't excessive. I'm not saying that I would do it every day. What I'm saying is, is I don't have a problem with him doing it every day. And, and what I'm saying is I want to encourage people that do have a problem with it. To stay away from it because I feel like too often than not, we don't pull away from some of the things that we need to, but especially like on social media where we're declaring that it's causing so much mental instability. It's mm -hmm. causing so many mental illnesses. I just don't think we have the conversation enough where if it's too much for you, pull away. I think it just go down to what you said and I agree that it's just something that I wouldn't do. So that's why I have that. I don't want to put any of his family members or any of his close, you know, acquaintances in a position where they might even feel like they got to reach out to me on some, yo, D-boy, man, I, man, I, I appreciate, I know you mean well, but I appreciate if you could stop doing that because that really is affecting me or boom, boom, boom. Like, it's just kind of like re-bringing it into someone's face every single day. And I'm sure that these same people who I'm even backing for or speaking for, I'm sure that it's not a day goes by that they don't already think about Nipsey Hussle. I'm pretty sure that they do, but I don't think that this, I think even in his, you know, in trying to help, I don't think that is helpful as we think, just because it's some positive verbiage yeah, that I, goes I, with I think it. It's, I think it's more helpful He's the same not, person that will post a picture of him in his boxers, you feel me? And try to put some positive quote yeah, behind it. You feel but, me? So it'd be, but, but I don't it'd be a reach. Into, I don't want to get into that conversation because I think there's a lot that could be criticized about what people in hip-hop do that they get defined by far too often. Matter of fact, I saw a video. Um, ah, I'm trying to think of exact. I don't want to misquote this, but I'm very much so paraphrasing a video that Nip had a long time ago where he was pretty much saying that he was talking to the streets. The message that he was trying to get across was to the streets. And for the people and the folks out there that perceived it a certain way because of the negative connotation that's attached to it, that wasn't who he was trying to get his message to because obviously they couldn't necessarily relate to that message in particular. And I don't even want to say what that message was because I don't want to misquote it because I, I, I could just torch it but in a nutshell that was the message behind whatever it is that he was talking about in specific so with that being said i think that there are cases where yes a lot of folks do things for attention a lot of folks have negative connotations and negative labels and negative stigmas that are attached to them in the hip-hop game but i don't want that to necessarily take away from the good that they may have done i don't want nipsey hustle being a crip to take away from the message that nipsey hustle was trying to get across to the crips because he came from that particular lifestyle if that makes sense because there are folks out there believe you me that criticize nipsey hustle and called him a gang member we call the broadcasters who I don't even want to say their name but when they came out and criticized Nipsey Hussle for mm -hmm. making the fuck Man. Donald Trump song yeah. they that that's and, out there and they, saying that that was his song exactly they used and applied that negative stigma towards him and I think that there's many people out there that supported that and that may have agreed with that and that wasn't the people that Nipsey was necessarily trying to reach and I guess the ultimate point I'm trying to make is when we know the game has been 
known for this kind of stuff, kind of reaching and, you know, seeking attention through examples that I just listed. It's kind of like I said, this same narrative and verbiage has went along with half naked photos that's going along with the death of this man. So it's kind of like it's just hard to it's hard coming from him, I guess, to to know if it's you know, for the right reasons or not. And that's, like I said, not for me to decipher. I'm just more so, you know, hoping that everybody who's close to Nipsey Hussle don't mind it. And, you know, if they do mind it, that they would approach him and that it would go the right way. And I just wouldn't put myself in a position to even be that way with people that's that close to Nipsey. So for sure, that's for my sure. take. But yeah, for nothing sure. wrong with what you said yeah. either. I agree. And like I said, it don't affect me enough to where I want to unfollow or anything. I just... I, I do have but an open does, mind with it. For the people that do, if it does, him I or anybody encourage else, it. encourage the unfollow. Yeah, I encourage it and because I, I think that we don't talk about that enough and we feel like we're stuck with certain things on social media. I think that would be a like great you, topic for next uh for next episode yeah, too to talk like about the power friends. of the unfollow button. Yeah, just sure. like you you outgrow friends that you might have been friends with in high school yeah. or elementary Facts. school or middle school. I think the same progressions can take place and can exist in social media. In fact, I think the social media um, publications, the fake—I mean, it went from AIM to MySpace to Facebook to Snapchat to Instagram. Like yeah. they, the websites have those progressions. Mm -hmm. And I so take why it a step further. <laughs> I'll take it a step further and even say, like, just from a relationship aspect, that I've chosen myself personally to unfollow certain people just yeah. because they weren't visually feeding what I needed to be seeing. Yeah. In the position that I'm in, you know what I mean? Like, yes, it's, it's, I, and I, it was nothing against what that person, she, you know, she or he or whoever was, you know, I'm not talking about any person singular, but I just know that I've been there where I'm like, yeah, this ain't this ain't good. This could be nothing but bad. Unfollow. Yeah, we'll and it's get, good for a lot of other people. We'll, we'll but, definitely get more yeah, into that as a sure. topic in the future. We Taking gotta, L's. Gotta have some topics on deck for later on. Taking on L's. Ice. But yeah, let's get to it. Next up, we got the Taking L segment. Keep it locked. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey. Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit ThatCast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network. Well, 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 we gave you the winning formula. and Well, I think I gave you the winning formula. And why you should believe that the Warriors will win in five or less games. <laughs> I gave you the winning formula why you shouldn't post nothing every day. <laughs> And now it's time to talk about who took an L. So I'll get it started off this week. For me, we're getting back to, into our NBA bag, which I don't mind because it's the NBA playoffs. Yeah. The NBA is going to be done here in a few weeks, in a month from now. We're all going to be sad about it. Yeah, we're going to be talking about summer, the draft and the lottery no that just yeah, went yesterday. We'll get, into, we'll get into our bag, but still, like, <laughs> yeah. there's going to be a lot of people out there. I, I mean, having worked in radio um, I think one of the best things that could have ever happened for me when I first came in radio, uh, I started my radio show on, I want to say the date was June 5th was the first day that I started my radio show. And it was like towards the end of the NBA season, the NBA finals were taking place in the middle of the day that the Justin and Devon show launched. And one thing that Justin and I talked about was that it was good because we lived here in the state of Oregon. And at the time, the, 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 station that we were aired on they were contracted with the university of oregon with the oregon ducks um they were the ducks broadcast affiliates and so the biggest thing for us was football season 
Um, you had college football is huge out here. The Ducks obviously have a pretty successful past. So for Justin and I to just be starting a new show and trying to learn each other and get our kinks out, it was good that we had that time period where not much was going on, where that. we can make those particular mistakes, mm -hmm. where we can learn more about each other, where we can try to grow more chemistry with each other because we had to be on our A game when football season came around because there's so much interest in the University of Oregon's football team. Some of you may know them as the Ducks, so... We're definitely getting ready to get into that time period where we need to appreciate where we are now because there's getting ready to be some dead moments here in the summer right. and everybody's going to be on vacation and everybody's going to be not watching baseball because who watches baseball mm -hmm. and everybody's going to be reminiscing about basketball, which I do know think Chris Sale has 17 strikeouts yesterday. Yeah, nobody's going to know. Nobody you're going to be in the Bahamas or on a <laughs> cruise or you're going to be doing something like that. And you're not going to be listening to what we have to say, but that's where we can master our game, keep our game tight. So when football season comes around and the NFL has you all excited and y'all ready to see some people get out on the field, we'll be, in tip-top shape because we worked hard during the offseason with the other guys. But now to take a nail. I know I kind of went on a tangent there, but who cares? Um, the person I got taking a nail is Joel Embiid. And I've said this before, and I'll say this again. Taking L's sometimes mean a loss, but it also can mean a lesson. And with Joel Embiid, the reason why like I'm that. thinking like that, that he's taking an L is because Many of you already know. What's the score of the game, too? You can look it up while I talk. But many of you already know that um, Joel Embiid is a huge troll. He was in the Eastern Conference semifinals, and Kawhi Leonard hit a game-winning crazy three-pointer. I mean, not even a three-pointer. It might have been a two, but it was just a crazy shot that bounced on the rim multiple times before the ball went in. And after the game, Joel Embiid just flat out bawled. He cried so hard. He cried on the court before he even got to the locker room. There's videos. Milwaukee videos Bucks of him. up 106-100 with 40 seconds left. 108-100 you know? now. Ooh. Looking at the screen. Yeah, that's tough. Giannis Ooh. is tough. <laughs> Giannis is tough. He's Dude, so tough. Toronto was up. For but a they while. are. But they are in Milwaukee too, though. So I mean, you 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 gotta live with that. Milwaukee had the best record in the NBA this year. But anywho, back to Joel Embiid. Um. Yeah, he was crying in the locker room in the hallway, going to the locker room with his girlfriend, and she was consoling him and things like that. And the reason why I felt like Joel Embiid had taken an L is because for somebody who, D-Boy, I've said to you long ago, I believe is the biggest troll in the NBA, to have that moment where he was essentially shattered emotionally from a basketball perspective. But nonetheless, we've never seen him cry like the way he did or show this type of emotion because of the troll that he's come known to be. For him... Nothing wrong with it. Nothing For wrong him to you are wrong break down this. the way that he broke down... You're wrong. The folks that are defending him... I feel like there is absolutely no reason. Devon Pouncey, the you energy are wrong. he put you took out an L there, for this taking L. The energy that he put out there circled right back to his ass was how I saw it. Hell no. And there's a, and Hell there is a no. lesson that could be learned from it. What? But that's what happened. What's the lesson? The lesson is 
it's not even to not continue to troll, but the lesson is you being on the other side of the game where you're Hell usually no, the top dog terrible. troll no, and now no, you're on the other no. side of the game. Can I say what I'm going to say? Yeah, yeah. Now you're on the other side of the game and you're crying and you're boohooing and we're supposed to have some kind of fucking sympathy for you. No, we're not. No. Not with what you do all year time long. Time out, time out, time out, time out. For one... Losing the game has nothing to do with trolling and it's circling back around for one. And I'm gonna no, dive it's not the losing that. the game part. I'm it's the crying back. part. That's what I'm saying. I'm gonna dive back into that. But it him crying doesn't ha it doesn't even relate. It's not even relative to him being a troll or being a clown or whatever you call him. This man is twenty, young twenties, twenty two, twenty three, maybe twenty four at the most, and was one game away. From going to the conference finals in a game he could have won, he heavily, greatly contested a shot that I don't even know how the law of gravity let go in after four bounces on the rim, and and he cared a lot. He he, he one thing in the midst of all his trolling and all of that, it was never what player was in the NBA. Dwight Howard. That was a different kind of trolling. He never seemed like he approached the game serious. Damn near acted goofy in the games. Am I right or wrong? Yeah, he was, I didn't, he was too nice. I didn't get that with Embiid. Embiid, every single game came out passionate. I knew he wanted to win. I knew he was competitive and competing at a high level. And it was never one bit or ounce of if he cares enough or not in my body. So this was just, it's obviously not the common reaction that you see from players at this, at this level. But in any way, shape, or form, in no way, shape, or form, was he wrong for showing a raw emotion after losing a game in that fashion that he cared so, so, so entirely much about? That's like saying don't cry. No, 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 no. I don't mind the emotion. That's what you and just said. You no, got no, a problem no, no, with him no, no, crying. No. That's the emotion. I don't have a problem with it. And that's why I said this L can be turned into a lesson. I don't have a problem with it. In fact, I think he can sprout from this in a major way because he needed to go through that particular moment with what but with the energy based on the energy based on the energy that he put out there. For what him energy? to re the the trolling energy. But what do you? How are you tying that? Because he because also put out energy every time that I ever watched him play this entire season. It's that I know lead. he wanted he's a to top ten player in the league. Yeah, I get so that. What, what but what I'm saying is, he's about? excessive in doing it. The so way an excessive example. has Give been. The listeners excessive an has been a huge word. Night in and night out, he's trolling somebody. He's talking about people. He's on social media trolling people. Anybody that knows Joel Embiid knows he's a troll. I don't okay, even so have to give no, an you example do because to because not do everybody that. who listens knows, so well, give me an example. That's all fine and dandy. I'm not going to give you a particular example. How about that? I'm not doing it. But that's go Google. You took an L. Go, I, I'll saying, take that yeah, L. But go ahead and Google sense. it. Every game, whether it's in a press conference, he chose the media, he chose other players. He's had players get really, really frustrated and angry with him because sometimes he takes things a little bit too far. He's thrived off being a troll. He's become this star first off on the court. I'll give him the credit there. But a lot of his stardom and a lot of the attention comes to him because of how he attacks other players. And I'm not saying that that's... I'm not telling him to stop doing that either. But what I'm saying is mm -hmm. when you do it as often as he does and you come to the moment where you cry, you deserved it, buddy. <laughs> because no, you're coming I at people all the time. So for the people trying to defend him mm -hmm. because he cried... 
fuck it. It's part of the game. It's part of the competitive nature. He tries to make people cry night in and night out. And I'm okay with that too because he does back it up on the court. But in a moment where he was on the other end of the stick, I'm going to be okay with that and I'm going to accept that as a part of the game. I'm going to accept that as a part of the contrasting energy that he puts out there night in and night out and I'm going to be okay with it. I don't think it's mm, nothing mm, wrong mm. with what he does. I don't think it's nothing wrong with him crying. But what I'm saying, the two do absolutely contrast because night in and night out, he's trying to make somebody else cry. And if that's his tactic and that's his strategy for him to succeed, I'm cool with it. But I'm also not going to defend him when the shoe's on the other foot and somebody else is making him cry like Kawhi Leonard did. That's all I'm saying. It's listeners, a lesson out of it, not an L. If y'all agree with what Devon just said, listeners, tweet me, Instagram me, because I that didn't make no sense to me what I just heard. So I need to further hear some some backing for that to because I, I mean So I, do you so, so here's my question to you. Here's my question to you. Did you not know Joel and B was a troll? You I knew he was a not troll. the listeners. I knew you. he was a troll. So you did so you do know that he puts that energy out there. I know that he trolls. Uh, that, okay, a, so, yeah, I know so, that he trolls. So if the shoes on I, the other foot I just foot, don't think it connects now, with no, him what I'm saying because is, he lost the game. But if the shoes on the other foot and now people are attacking and trolling him regardless of the reason, now he's no longer flying airplanes and he's no longer attacking Get, no, because it. people are, what I'm saying is people are defending him, saying that, I don't know if you've seen the memes, but I definitely have, Donovan Mitchell from the Utah Jazz being one of them, people are defending him because Bleacher Report and and who all these other Hoops websites that got a, millions of followers, they're coming out and they're posting Joel B crying. And I think a lot of the reason being is because how much of a troll he is to see this emotion come from Joel Embiid. We're not used to seeing it. So Donovan Mitchell came out in defense of Embiid like he's crying, like people cry, whatever the, whatever it was he had to say. I but I don't agree with Donovan agree. Mitchell there because, yeah, he can be attacked in the same way. Nobody's doing nothing no, violent to Joel Embiid. Nobody's, over, nobody's, no, nobody's attacking his character, wrong. but he puts energy this out to try to it, get in other connected. people's head, and now that got into his head, connected. and he's crying about it. No, it'll oh, be well, different. It'll be get different. better. No, no, no. It'll be different if he cried over being taunted. It's the difference. If he cried solely over being taunted or somebody making a bad statement about him, then I would agree with you. But being a part of the, that's like saying, uh, that's like Russell Westbrook. You feel me? Or that's like being mad at Paul George saying that, oh, uh, that was a bad shot. Like it was a bad shot. He made the shit though. I'm, Even though, but you know, it's they just gotta one, take the. I gave but, Paul but, George but, just do criticism but, too for that. But when I'm saying this, that. but I I didn't, and that's why we still probably on different for sides sure. of the spectrum <laughs> with this one because I I like I said, if it was somebody making fun of Embiid or something like that, and he cried or he had something to say about how, like if it was a Draymond trying to get under his skin and he start being a little B-word, then I would agree. But it's not like he cried over somebody trolling him or he cried because he lost a very intense game on a buzzer beater off of a shot that he contested almost as good as you can and he cares about the game. So that 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 raw emotion, I can understand that being a competitor, a high level competitor. I think we've all cried over losing a game, and I think we've all trolled and let somebody who lost to us feel it before. That's why I think we should not care about him being criticized for crying, because if you're going to dish that energy out and you're going to be on the other end of the spec, you just 
oppositely compared trolling to crying. Like you've trolled before, yeah. So when you cry about it, deal with it. No, that's he's all not I'm saying. About being trolled, he's no. crying that he lost Re a big game. Regardless, deal with it. He never trolled within the sport of basketball. He's never made fun of anybody crying. It's all happening he's never within made the same fun sport. of anybody being mad for losing a big it's game. It's all happening within the same sport, is what I'm saying. And he uses those trolling tactics to try to get into the opposing team's You're head. To. And that still don't mean you can't cry if you I'm lose a big game. I'm not saying he can't cry. I'm saying don't defend him for crying. Nothing to learn from Don't that. defend him. He can cry. In fact, I've already said it coming into the segment. He can use it as a lesson and become an MVP next year and continue to troll and continue to There's be no him. To I don't want that. him to change. Keep caring but the about lesson the game is, The lesson to learn keep is... Keep caring about the, the game the, that much. Keep caring. And keep trolling and Matter getting fact, in people's head because that goes about a it part more. of it too. Care about it more. Fuel, use that fuel as motivation. Let that motivate you. The fact that folks are talking about you crying, let it motivate you. That's all That's the all I can say. But as far as mm. people defending you like Donovan Mitchell did, I don't think he deserves to be defended. And I don't care when he trolls either. I don't think he should stop trolling. Can I say my, can I say my take an L? Go ahead. Max Kellerman. Max Kellerman said that uh, Kawhi Leonard is more clutch than Kobe Bryant. Oh, yeah, that's, I mean. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's ridiculous. That's an L. And he could learn a lot from saying that. And he needs to go back and look at some old film. I think it goes back to what you said about us being a victim of of short-term memory. Like, thinking that just because that's what you see right now in, in this world and social media and news moves so fast that people seem to only remember what's right in front of them and what's happening today and tomorrow and not the fact that Kobe didn't been clutch for 20 years. I mean, clutch down to, I call it clutch, even 60 uh, points on your exit game. That's still clutch to me. It's like he's been, he's lived off of clutch shots and wanting the ball and embracing that moment. Am I right or wrong? Well, I mean, come on. That's Max Kellerman. But, I mean, Max Kellerman yeah, is, a, I mean, is a professional yeah, sports analyst. That was stupid. That's Anybody why he's that knows L. basketball That's knows why that. it's an L. That That's... was just flat out dumb. Well, you, we, we agree <laughs> yeah. on something today. And that was just flat out dumb. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm short and sweet with mine. Kawhi. Everybody <laughs> knows Kobe. A lot of y'all know Kawhi Leonard. And it's way too premature to say that. It's disrespectful to say that. It's outlandish. Nah, it's don't far say a lot off. of y'all know Kawhi Leonard after you just tried to say a lot of people don't know Joel Embiid's a troll, but you knew Joel Embiid was a troll. That's stupid, too. <laughs> you just said it. We you wrapping this up, man. Wrap it up, <laughs> Don't man. try to say that. Don't try to. Up, a lot man. of y'all know Kawhi. No, they don't know Kawhi Leonard. If they don't know Embiid's a troll, I didn't have to enter. Oh, Joel Embiid, the starting center for the hey, Philadelphia 76ers. I don't know what's up with That me, does man. this, this, and that. If I didn't, you wanted me to announce all that before talking about he was a troll and you knew it, too? No. I'm still stuck on that. But anywho, we're going to get out of here, ladies oh and gentlemen. Appreciate y'all for listening. <laughs> uh, D-Boy, tell him where to find you, where to follow you. Talk about your Rip City song because it's only got a little bit of life left. No, nah, I got a hell of a lot of life left, Caddy. We got next season and the season after. We got as long as Damon CJ is on the Blazers. So with that being said, go stream D-Boy LTD Rip City on all music platforms. Don't listen to Divine and his winning formulas today because I don't know what he ate or drank they before he got point. here. But they wow. were all on point. Uh, with that being said, man, I hope y'all have fun. I had a lot of fun with this episode. I'm going to let him take y'all out. Find me, Pounce underscore Sation, on Instagram and Twitter, or just search Devon Pouncey. That's on Facebook, too. Um, and we'll leave y'all the only way to, that we know how. Not that y'all know how, but that we know how. <laughs> and that is to stay woke and, and go, go in. in.